My name is Walker, a.k.a. The Retail Ranger. It is my job to keep you free from food safety danger. The other is to make sure that stuff gets on the shelf. It's harder than it looks. I can't do it by myself. Welcome to Walker Retail Ranger. What's up, everybody? I'm Walker, also known as Retail Ranger. This podcast is about my personal and professional experiences from working in the retail industry for over 35 years. Each week, we'll discuss a different topic about life as a retail ranger. We hope you enjoy listening. Let's do this. Now it's time for Walker Retail Ranger. Hey everybody, it's Walker Retail Ranger. Welcome to episode 14.5, the bonus edition. Today is Wednesday. March 9th, 2022. So I've been thinking about it. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this podcast or not today because I don't want to come across as being an alarmist or anything like that. I'm definitely not trying to voice my opinions about politics. Folks that know me know where I stand and uh, know that I'm pretty open-minded to hearing different points of view. And But that's not what I want to talk about today. I, I sincerely just want to talk about some stuff and data that has me as average Joe American who's also a retail ranger, uh, a little bit concerned. Uh, First and foremost, I am a middle-class, blue-collar, working American. I face the same financial opportunities that I'm sure most of you who listen to this podcast do. I have expenses, and I have an income. The reality is, though, that that gap is closing between those two for me, as I'm sure it is for most of us out there in America. And, uh, you know, a lot of us don't pay attention to what's going on in the world, Um, unless we hear about it and passing on the news or from our family, friends or neighbors or social media. Um, And it it can be overwhelming uh, to keep getting inundated with all that negativity. And a lot of folks choose to, and understandably, they choose to just clock out of it and not not hear about it because, as they say, ignorance is bliss, right? So I don't want to be all Debbie Downer. But I do want to share a little bit of what I've learned over the years um, when it comes to being prepared. So the other night, Liz and I were watching uh, Dallas. We are currently binge-watching the original TV series, Dallas. I think we just started season 12. Uh, we figured out, I think we've, if you put it all together, all the episodes and where we're at, um, it's like 12 days straight of watching, which we didn't do, obviously, but uh, that's... That just tells you how long that series is, and I think it's 14 seasons, so we're we're at the end here. But anyways, uh, we started having a pretty good storm here. I think it was Monday night, and the power flickered a couple times. And as we waited for the TV to kick back on and the cable to reboot, so we could continue watching Dallas, uh, that happened to us a couple times. Then it happened for a third time, and uh, it didn't come back on. And I reached over to uh, lower my power recliner, and guess what? It didn't move. So I was kind of stuck in a recline position, uh, which kind of scared me. And thank God it was dark in the house because I'm sure it was quite the look to watch me wiggle my way out and stand up without falling flat on my face. So I'm just glad Liz didn't have to see that. But as I walked around the house, I was gathering like, the power outage supplies, you know, looking for our, uh, our candles. Um, I had my phone with my flashlight on and, you know, we we're just sitting there in the dark and I was like, man, what if, uh, what if it didn't come back on for a long time? 
that that's happened before. I mean, I know we had a, a huge storm probably a decade or so ago here in Virginia and folks were without power for like seven to 10 days. So it just got me thinking, um, we've, we've kind of chilled a, a little bit on our prepper mentality. Liz and I have, you know, we still are prepared. Um, and we're not doomsday preppers or anything, but we, we've always thought it was a good idea to have, um, an extra, extra food supply, medical supplies and stuff like that. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit today. Um, I can't remember when it was, but the CDC actually came out with, uh, how to prepare for the zombie apocalypse. And obviously it was tongue in cheek. Uh, the goal of it was, I think they were trying to cash in on the walking dead popularity at the time. But the whole point was that if you were prepared for a zombie apocalypse, you would technically be prepared for any type of natural disaster. So, um, obviously using humor, that was a good way to get it. Um, so we kind of followed some of that that prep checklist. I'm not going to read it to you. You can find it on there. I'm sure it's still on there. Um, but one of the main reasons I had gotten into grocery retail was I'd always heard the expression, everybody's got to eat, right? So, I mean, that remains true to this day. Obviously, if we don't have food, we die. Um, so I just wanted to talk about a few things that we use to help us build up our food supply. Um, I talked to Liz a little bit about it this morning, and I am flying solo today. She's got some errands to run, and it's a... It's a .5 edition, so we'll go back to our regular lighthearted gig uh, on Sunday in a couple days, so don't fret. But I know when Liz goes uh, shopping, and if she sees any long shelf life items on sale, she'll pick up one or two extra to put in the pantry um, just to have. And I know she says she tries to pick up about five five of those type of items per shopping trip. So if you do it little by little, you can, you can build it up pretty quick. Um, and it's a really good idea to use private brand stuff for that because it's obviously cheaper and you can get more bang for your buck. And let's be real, if it gets to the point where you have to eat it, the name brand's not really going to matter anyway. So um, it is important to rotate your pantry stuff. I mean, if it's getting close dated, um, those items would be good to rotate into your regular food supply down in the kitchen or over in the kitchen. Or you can donate it to your local food pantry, which obviously we're a big fan of here on Walker Retail Ranger Podcast. Uh, and just remember, like, use-by dates are generally for quality when it comes to canned goods. Um, I think I mentioned it or we talked about it. Maybe I didn't. But uh, we had some beans that we had had in our pantry for quite a while. I believe they were almost two years past the shelf life. And uh, we ate them, and they were fine. They, they were mushier than usual. but um, And I don't recall anything being catastrophic the next day in the bathroom. So we should be good there. I mean, obviously, you got to use your, your common sense when it comes to that. Uh, batteries, always keep those on hand, um, various sizes, obviously figure out what you need. Um, try to pick those up when you can. I know you can get really good deals on those at some of those club stores like Sam's or BJ's or Costco. Um, it's also a great idea to, um, invest in some of those rechargeable battery packs that you can get at like the dollar store or family dollar or whatever, or five below They're, they're cheap, um, little battery banks. Um, important thing to do is though, you want to make sure that they are charged. Um, I did locate ours that night because our phones had gotten pretty low because like I said, it happened in the evening. Um, I had to use two of them because they, uh, they weren't fully charged. So, you know, it'd be a good idea to set up maybe a, a day a month and kind of just check out your preparedness kit. Uh, cause you don't want to be disappointed if they're not charged when you need them. Like I was As a matter of fact, I had to go out to my truck. I have a, uh, a 
lithium battery uh, jump starting thing that I got a couple years back for jump starting car batteries, but it also has a port for charging um, USB stuff like phones. So I ended up going out to the truck and getting that, and that was sitting beside my bed when I went to sleep that night. So I made sure I had an alarm to get up the next morning. So um, medical supplies, you need to stock up the same way you do with your food stash. Rotation is obviously very important, but you know, aspirin, Tylenol, ibuprofen, whatever your, your choice is. Um, Band-Aids, gauze, cotton balls, hydrogen peroxide, rubbing alcohol, stuff like that. Because, I mean, if you cut yourself while you're in a no-power situation, you might not have the best uh, facilities. Uh, so it'd be good to have alcohol to clean that stuff. Um, water. Uh, we have several 24-pack uh, bottled waters floating around because, uh, oh, water floating. See what I did there? Um, like when I was brushing my teeth the other night, I actually used a little bottle of water because you can rinse and spit real quick with that. That way you don't have to worry about handling a big gallon or, I mean, you can have gallons of water, obviously, but the bottled water is pretty easy. Wouldn't be fun to fill up a bathtub with bottled water, but that's a whole other story. Um, outdoor cooking sources, make sure you got propane, charcoal, even if you got a little stash of wood, wood stick somewhere. Um, cash. Think about that. Try to stash some cash in your house and try to keep it small denominations because you don't want to be walking around with $100 bills trying to go buy something because they probably won't have change. Because, uh, I mean, obviously, if the power's out long term and banks don't have power, that's going to be an issue. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you to get into gold and silver and all that stuff because I don't because I can't afford it. But uh, here's where it's going to get a little darker, though. Um, these are some of the concerns that I've been seeing and hearing about. I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I watch a lot of different newscasts. World events and U.S. events, politics. It's all kind of a, a nasty hobby of mine. Sometimes I wish I didn't, but I find it kind of challenging to be able to weed through and dig out the actual facts that I'm getting presented with and determine what's true and what's not. Um, but anyways, it's not here nor there. So let's inflation. Inflation is obviously high. Um, that impacts everything. If we're paying more for goods ourselves, so are the suppliers of the goods. And uh, you, you we're talking everything from the price of seeds, fertilizer, transportation. It all impacts the cost of the goods and the services that we use. I mean, if it's expensive for us, it's expensive for the companies too. And who gets stuck with it? Us, average Joe, right? And I don't know. Based on what I'm seeing, it doesn't look like there's going to be any relief in the very near future. Um Speaking of gas prices, obviously right now we're in a, a gas pickle. Uh, the impact of the price of gas is extremely trickle-down. I mean, it causes ripple effect on every aspect of the supply chain. Um, so we as consumers, again, get hit on both sides. Stuff gets more expensive to purchase, and our ability to fill our um, vehicles to get to work or our disposable income gets impacted by that too. So either way, average Joe gets screwed. So currently in the world... There is a war going on between Russia and Ukraine, and I'm not going to sit here and offer an opinion other than war is not good for anyone. Um, one of the actions that countries do use to try to dissuade it or end the conflict is sanctions, um, specifically regarding imports and exports of goods. And those, again, impact all of us little people all over the world. Uh, for instance, Russia is the, uh, it's their number one, they're the number one expo exporter of fertilizer in the world. Ordinarily, that would be no big deal, but what if they weren't allowed to export it, or if they chose not to export fertilizer? Um, how are that's how our crops grow, right? 
And then we in turn export that, we consume it ourselves, blah, blah, blah. Huge impact there. And I'm not saying we're 100% reliant on Russian fertilizer, but obviously with them being the number one exporter of it, we obviously take quite a bit of it. But even if it's only like 25% of our needs, that's going to be a significant impact on our ability to produce the amount of crops that we need to have for, like I said, for either us to consume or export. So without going further into that whole situation over across the pond there, um, I kind of wanted to just go worst case scenario for a minute to help you understand the need to have some self-sufficiency. Okay. So obviously in this day and age, cyber is a word. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have the word cyber when I was a kid, but what if, what if perchance there was a cyber attack on our power grid? I mean, from what I've read, our power grid, our power grid infrastructure here in the United States is pretty, pretty weak. We haven't really invested in fortifying that at all, but I mean, that could literally shut down for whatever reasons. And it might take a while for the power to come back up. And in this day and age, I mean, me talking to you right this minute requires power. I mean, I do have a pretty loud voice, but I don't think I get all the way to Belgium, but if you were to think about if you and your house had no power or communication for three to five days, what would you do? Think about it. I mean, you're sitting there at night. It is pitch black. We couldn't believe how dark the house was when the uh, power went out the other night. It was just dark. Oh, my God. But anyways, so but like, do you have enough shelf stable food to last three to five days? Do you have a water source, a power source? Got to really think about it. I mean, because that's not something you think about in your daily lives. We take everything for granted. You can pop open your phone and Google whatever you want to Google. You can listen to whatever you want to listen, text whoever you want to text. What if you couldn't do that? What if you couldn't, like us folks out here in the country that are on well systems, what if you couldn't flush your toilet for three to five days? What's your plan for that? Um, Think about this. What if your local grocery store had no electricity for a week? And they couldn't open. They couldn't sell you any goods because the registers are obviously requiring electricity. Um, the amount of spoilage that would occur from the refrigerated um, and frozen stuff. But what if you could not go to the grocery store for a week? What if your bank didn't have electricity for a week? You'd have no ability to get cash. Um, what if your gas station was down for a week? You could not get gas for a week. And I'm, like I said, I am so not trying to be an alarmist and be all negative here, but there are several reasons we got to think about this. I mean, there could be those scenarios. There could be a literal natural disaster. I mean, it's going to be, there's going to be warm weather here shortly. Um, I know in Virginia, we get hellacious thunderstorms. Um, You got hurricane season, tornado season, snowstorms, whatnot. We got it all. But what what would you do? Um, Like generators, they're great to have, but they can be pretty expensive to A, purchase, uh, B, the price of gas is insane right now. So how, how would you actually be able to afford to run it for any length of time? And, but even thinking about how, how much power would you need to power any electrical items that you have in your house? Like your fridge, do you need to have your fridge going? Do you have a, a storage freezer or do you have a, a heat source, an electric heat source? Um, maybe you have a power inverter for your car so you could like keep your gas tank filled in your car. You always use that as kind of a mini generator, run a power inverter. Do you have an extension cord long enough to get to your, your house to power whatever you need powered? 
So, I mean, I can't sit here and explain the economics about all this to anyone. All I can say is better to have food and supplies and not need them than to need them and not have them, right? I mean, that's, that is not, that's not college education or that's, that's life, life experience talking. So just please take some time and think about it. What would you do if you didn't have electricity for five days? Put some stuff down on paper, get started on gathering some supplies. Um, like I said, the important thing is to be able to maintain your own family. If everybody does their own household, we should be good. You don't have to worry about zombies running around trying to come get your crap. All right, I feel like I got that off my chest. Uh, hopefully somebody learned something. Uh Remain positive. I'm not saying negative, 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 but how negative would you be if you're on day three and you don't have any toilet paper or running water? I think you'd be pretty negative. So you'd be thanking the retail ranger if you're on day four and you're still feeling pretty fresh and your stomach's pretty full. So on that note, I'll uh, catch you guys Sunday. Hopefully uh, Liz will be back and we'll be having a lot more fun with that one. All right, y'all. Peace. Hey, retail rangers. Don't forget to check out walkerretailranger.com. Could be how you found this podcast, but there's an About Us uh, link on there that you can ask questions or submit some topics for future podcasts if you'd like. Um, I'm pretty new to this building a website thing. I'm kind of learning as I go. I'm a retail ranger, not an IT guy, Um, but so far the analytics are showing that I'm pretty big in Belgium. Just saying. WalkerRetailRanger.com Thank you for listening to us and letting us be ourselves. We appreciate what you do to get stuff on the shelves. Stay safe out there. Do what you can to avoid any danger. Have fun, work hard, and be a retail ranger. You've been listening to Walker Retail Ranger.